not only be very nice, but to not burn bridges because you really have no idea where those relationships, you know, those seeds that you that you plant early on in your career, you have no idea when, you know, you might turn around and all of a sudden you see this forest just blooming. The Gentech podcast discussing business, investing and marketing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gentech podcast, bringing you valuable and inspirational discussion with top business owners. This week, we're talking to Jackson Brella, a content creator and a freelance photographer and videographer. He's going to be telling us about his crazy story and how he got down here to Florida and how he got into content creation. He's going to give advice into other aspiring content creators and more. So Jack, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Naja. Pleasure to be here. Of course. So I can't wait to get into your story. We talked a little a bit before, but now you get to tell our audience. So let's start with first, um, where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Syracuse, New York. And then where did you go to school? I went to school at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Teaneck, New Jersey. It's like 45 minutes outside of New York. Uh, So I was working as a digital marketing specialist after I graduated for Sharp Electronics. Um, They sell like TVs and microwaves and stuff. And, um, you know, even though my title was digital marketing, I was like driving to like every single PC Richard and Son, which is an electronics distributor in the Northeast store to like set up like little like like table tents that were like advertising, you know, whatever the deal was. And I was just like, what's what's digital marketing about this? So I um I had the opportunity to uh, apply at Morgan Stanley, which is a you know a financial institution, um, and be a financial advisor. So to be a financial advisor, you have to pass your Series 66 and your Series 7, and you end up signing a contract that says, "Hey, we're going to pay you like it was like 50 grand a year or something while you're while you're studying." And you have 120 days to pass the the series seven, and you have 150 days to pass both. And those are those are super hard. I'm learning about yeah. that now. So I moved down to Florida. This had to have been in like like July of 2018, I want to say. And um, I end up, you know, just studying my butt off. I you know rented an Airbnb for an entire month um in seminal heights shortly after the seminal heights serial killer was uh was was in tampa um and i i was just grinding and studying and studying and studying and the first time i took the series seven i failed with a you need a 72 and i think i got like a 67 and it's just like it's 250 questions they break it up into into two two parts and it's just like an arduous process. So I ended up being this financial advisor and I worked with Morgan Stanley for about a, a little over a year and a half. I meet this kid and um, he makes memes, like finance related memes. And so he was like, hey man, I have this idea for this for this meme where we're gonna take like a real life CNBC interview and we're gonna cut out one of the analysts. So in like this situation, like they would cut out like you or me and then we shot ourselves in front of a green screen basically just being like a sarcastic asshole to the guy that was like like the analyst on cnbc right he's like my face what happened what's wrong with my face 
Um, in this case, it's a black eye that I got over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> um, but in that case, you know, I was like, oh, Brian, I have you taken a look at the potato head himself? Like, you know, just some mm -hmm. silly stuff. And uh, the video uh, explodes. It, it got 48,000 views in 12 hours. And um, me and my, my coworkers were like, <laughs> like, what do we do? Like, this isn't... <laughs> um, post this meme what social platform um actually it was reddit so uh are you familiar with the subreddit page called wall street bets i'm not so wall street bets is a subreddit where like if you wanted to go and you wanted to find like uh you know a a, a lobby where people are talking about um finance but it's not so you know clinical it's not so sterile it's um this this would be the place that you would go on reddit specifically to 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 find that kind of information so we end up posting this meme and he has like half a million reddit karma or something because he just like like this man like like churns out memes his memes were making the front page of reddit mm -hmm. so we post this meme on youtube and then we you know share the link over to 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 wall uh, to wall street bets and it makes the front page of reddit like anybody that's looking at like the the reddit like trending posts for the day is like seeing like like the little thumbnail of like my my face right and yes your face on this meme so wow. i had people coming up to me at work like hey i saw your cnbc interview and if you have your series 7 or your series 66 it's a big no-no like about what you can and cannot say um uh, leveraging different uh, uh, avenues to 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 publish information um, because you know they're uh, every, everyone's so sensitive to either insider trading or um, soliciting financial advice when you're not a, a, a you know a, reg a registered agent. Um, people you know very much tiptoe around that, so um, it was a big no no. And so other coworkers were like, "Your CNBC interview, what?" Mm -hmm. um and we get fired i take a week off for thanksgiving and i get a call and they're like hey is this you and i'm like no <laughs> that's not me yeah. <laughs> shaggy right it wasn't me <laughs> um and uh yeah so this was by now we're in the end of 2020 or no the beginning of yeah, probably the beginning of 2020, you know, just before COVID broke out. Mm -hmm. um, and the entire time I had worked as a financial advisor, I was, just, I was just miserable. I just, it was a nine to five. I felt like I was like a, like a wage slave and we had these like headsets, right? And it's like, they always wanted to see that headset on you. And it's like, it just felt like, like a dog, a dog collar and a, like a leash. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't for me. So I was uh, improving. I'd done a photography workshop and I learned how to like master some um, off-camera flash. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm leaning in. I'm going all in on the creative and I'm going to build a business out of this. So this was after um, you already got fired or were you kind of already preparing and realizing like this career wasn't for you? 
I I had been doing paid shoots. So like <clears throat> I think a lot of people when it comes to like photography, I think that uh where I started with it when I got back into it, I I had taken a trip to China in 2015. Um and I was like I want to get a camera. I want to get a nice camera so I can document my travels and you know, I'm going to go see I'm going to see cool stuff and I want to take pictures of it and when I got to China, there was this girl there, uh, Sarah Butcher, um, and she was like super good at photography. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, like, let's go do some long exposure. And so like taking photos of landscapes and whatnot um, it was was my entry point into it. And yep. like when people, you know, ask like, OK, how do you how do you like how, how do I how do I become a photographer? Well, you, you pick up a camera and you start shooting. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so this setback of getting fired, it honestly was a blessing in disguise. Obviously, you know, this career wasn't the path for you. And I feel like it allowed you to see your creative and your potential in the content creation and photographer and videographer career. So it was honestly such a blessing. And I think people can learn a lot from that because a lot of people, you know, probably got fired during the pandemic and had no idea what to do next. So you know, what, what next steps did you take after being fired to better yourself and, and get back and start new? So, yeah. So, yeah. So I really didn't, you know, see it as, as, as something that was so devastating. You know, there was the, you know, the societal um, norms uh, associated with being fired as well as like the, the, the pressure from like family, like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You're ruining your life. How could you make this mistake? How are you going to pay your bills? What are you going to do? Where are you going to live? And it's like, I, I don't need that. I don't need that chaos in my life. Like I'm going to, um, I, I, I think that, you know, you're going to see the, the landscape of um, creators change. You, you have different levels of people that are commitment. On like one end of the spectrum, you have purists that are um, going to pursue art at the cost of everything else. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, washing dishes um, at a restaurant because the entire time they're, you know, thinking of, of a song or they're, they're thinking of, of whatever, you know, art they're, they're going to implement. Um, I think that that's a little self-defeating because like you're limited as far as your, your upside potential as a dishwasher, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the landscape is changing because um, you're going to see a lot of people that are, are, are making it happen no matter what it doesn't yeah. matter um they're fine they're they're finding their own lane they're paving their own way and they're they're really pioneering um the ability to to, to cut the cord on the nine to five mm -hmm. i think so too and especially you said this happened you know beginning 2020 so right before covid so then the rest of your 2020 how did you uh transition into making this you realize like okay i can make this a career like i enjoy taking photos and, and editing videos like i can make money from doing this yeah so uh great great question as well yeah so um like like i had said the the entire time i was at morgan stanley i, I was you know developing the skill sets um <clears throat> Uh, there are two main concepts in photography. You have exposure and composition. Exposure is going to be all of the things like, am I properly lit? Is the, are, are my um, 
aperture, shutter speed, and ISO, those are the three elements that make up exposure and they can be represented as a triangle. Um, it's, it has everything to do with all of the technical side of, okay, does this look good? Um, composition on the other hand is how do things look in the frame? Like I'm not, you know, dead center, I'm slightly off center. There's an interesting paradigm with the Fibonacci sequence in both investing in finance and in photography. Um, because it has to do with ratios and proportions and percentages. Um, so that's, so that's super cool. So I'm developing these skill sets, um, and I get fired and I, you know, I start shooting a bunch. I mean, I think that in like the first half of 2020, I think I had done like 50, 50 photo shoots or something like that. And it was mostly all for free. Um, shooting a lot of, you know, just models that I was finding through searching hashtags on, on Instagram, um, friends of friends that are seeing the work that I'm doing and then, you know, posting on social media and I'm getting inbound leads. Um, but you quickly realize that if you really want to make money, that models don't necessarily have the money or want to spend the money on photo shoots. Mm -hmm. Um, so unless you're doing it at a very, very high level, uh, it's, it's hard to, to, to charge a premium for, for that. Um, so we had to take a step back and we had to reevaluate because, well, how are we going to support ourselves? How are we going to make money? Um, and that's when I, I started to, to dive more into video. When did you start uh, actually working with Gentech Marketing? For those of you who don't know, um, Jack actually shoots content for Gentech. So is that kind of when you stumbled upon, you know, marketing for marketing agencies? So there's a lot of different avenues um, for for business. Um, so I, I, I tend to try to, um, well, to answer your question, I, I started working with Gentech um, in January of 2022. Now we can take we can take a couple of, of steps back actually. So um, while I'm at Morgan Stanley, I end up shoot shooting my first music video. So I had I had also so it's like uh, photography and videography are like like two sides of the same coin. There's a lot that is very very similar, and there are principles of photography that you have to implement in video um, if if you're shooting manually, of course. So for example. Um, your uh, shutter speed needs to be twice your frame rate. So if you're shooting at 30 frames a second, your shutter speed needs to be one over 60. And if you're shooting at 60 frames a second, your shutter speed needs to be one over 120 or 125. Um, and so diving more, you know, upgrading my gear because I, I still have the paycheck and I have the, the, the funds to be able to enable myself to, you know, uh, acquire a, a higher quality of gear. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, it's not so much about the gear that you have. It's about how you use the gear that you have available to you. Music videos are are, are cool and all as well, but um, it's a lot of back and forth to uh, properly align your vision and the artist's vision. Um, and, you know, the artists are uh, like music artists are probably the the artists that make the most amount of sacrifices because they have to pay everybody before and blow up before they get paid for anything that they do. Mm -hmm. um, 
So from shooting all of this, what would you say is like your favorite content to shoot? I, I definitely am leaning. I'm, I'm very bullish on the, uh, the, the vertical, you know, talking head style reels. Mm -hmm. I like, I like shooting that the best. Um, I like, uh, you know, not only do I, I, I show up and I, and I shoot, but you know, I'll also, um, direct. So I think that you need to say that again. I think that you can say this like this. I think that the hook for this video should be this because like you got, you got five seconds. Like if you don't hook somebody in five seconds, like they're, they're gone. They're not staying for the rest of the video. So. And Instagram reels are fairly new. Uh, they obviously started probably when you were just starting your career also. So, you know, what do you have advice for people who are making Instagram reels? How do you make a catchy Instagram reel that has the potential to go viral? How do you make a Instagram reel that has the ability to go viral. So viral can be a lot of things. It also depends on the, the style of content that that you're putting out, right? Because you could go viral for, you know, it could be something heartwarming, um, like, uh, you know, uh, the video of the dog like bouncing to, uh, my money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds, right? Um, that's gonna go viral for a different reason than, you know, a video of of me saying, these are the top five stock influencers that you should be following. Um, but doing things like that, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting in your face. Right. And, uh, if, if you care about stocks or you care about, you know, who you should be following, then you're probably going to stay and watch the rest of that video. Um, if somebody's not interested in investing or, in, or not interested in stocks, then that video is never going to succeed for them. Like anyways, uh, mm -hmm. that being said, um, there's, there's a general frame framework for, for putting out reels. You want to tell the story, whether you're putting, whether you're telling the story, um, me speaking into the camera, or we're telling the story of a wedding, or we're telling the story of, you know, a day at the beach. Um, everything's going to have a beginning, a middle and the end and an end. So you, you know, you want to hook them, um, if it's for, uh, uh, you know, somebody that's running a business off of Instagram, you know, figure out what the pain points are of the people that follow you. You, you know, as, as Christian and Amel always say, if you can provide value and you can help them overcome those challenges, then, you know, you're going to be able to get more followers. You're going to be able to get more views and you're going to be able to convert your followers into, into sales. Yeah, and, and that's what we try to do every day, I think, on, on the Gentech Instagram. And it's actually like funny you were saying that um, I just posted a reel today on our Instagram about, you know, the the strategy for posting a good ad. But I also do think it, it transitions with a good reel, too. You know, you have to have that good quality image or good quality video, a hook, a great offer, and then an urgent call to action. And with those four things, like you hopefully we'll have a good reel and a good Facebook ad too. Yeah. How important would you say having, you know, a good quality images when making these ads and when content creating, like, what do you think the difference is when, you know, you're taking these images versus people taking pictures on their iPhones? Um, so again, it's, it's not so much what, it's not so much the the gear that you have it's about leveraging the gear that you have available to you so it's like you know a, a question that i get a lot is what camera should i buy i want to buy a camera and my question's like well what's your budget because if it's less than a thousand dollars then you probably should just stick with your phone because 
like when you get into the realm of like cameras and, and shooting at a, at a at, you know a, a a prosumer professional level then um you you have to spend a lot of money to 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 put to move the needle just like an inch or two um that being said uh you know the output of content is is more important than the quality of the content that you're putting out um you know for example like you'll see christian will pull out his phone and record a batch of reels if him and i haven't connected or, or had the opportunity because he's been traveling or whatnot mm -hmm. um even even myself uh I, I i recorded a reel yesterday um have you seen the movie tommy boy I haven't. So there's this scene. It's got Chris Farley, um, R.I.P. Uh, he's like a, a big, a big funny guy that was in a bunch of movies from the '90s. Um, he gets hit in the face with a two by four, and he's like, "Does my face hurt? Or is there a mark on my face?" And he's like, "No, I thought I hit you in the shoulder." And he's like, "My shoulder doesn't hurt. It's my face. Not, not here. Not here so much, but right here." And uh, so. I was shooting the XOXO Carnival all weekend at Armature Works. So it was um, uh, DJ Snake, Little John, Shaggy, Dead Mouse, um, Wax Motif, Vintage Culture, uh, pretty heavy on the EDM side. And mm -hmm. I'm, I, I have my camera mounted on a gimbal, and I'm holding the gimbal, and I'm all up in my camera settings, mm -hmm. and I walk full speed into a into, – into, not the stage, but like a speaker that was in front of the stage. Oh, that what and to yeah, and I ended up giving myself a concussion, and it was like super miserable. <laughs> um, and that just the beginning like, of the festival. Uh, that was day three, okay. day three of. You still had some EDM, a lot of more EDM music to listen to after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but you know, I I took the opportunity. Um. Uh, an, another component of virality is, is, uh, uh, timeliness and relevancy. So if like, I took the opportunity to, to put out a piece of content because I got a black eye, whereas like most people would be like, oh, I have a black eye. I don't want to like pull out my phone and record something like mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me. I think, you know, it also takes a lot of like courage for people to film themselves, even though I do think those are the videos that do the best. I think even when I first started the podcast, like it's hard to get used to talking in front of a camera, but you really do like just put a camera in front of you and then just try to talk about anything and see how like far you can go. And that really does help you with public, not public speaking, but I feel like when you're taping yourself for real, it's close to public speaking, honestly, and you get an even bigger reach than public speaking. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> like I, by my standards, that reel that I posted didn't like do so well, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it still got like it's got like eighty likes. If if eighty eighty people showed up like at my house right now, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, uh. <laughs> that's a great way to think of it. So, how did you scale yourself as a videographer and a photographer? What advice can you give to people who you know want to maybe they're they're small right now but want to scale themselves? So, I mean, you know, that's, that's a great question. And, and that's something that, you know, I ask myself on a, on an almost daily basis, um, when I'm not, um, you know, either editing or I'm not shooting. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of different 
avenues and a lot of different verticals. So, you know, because of my background in marketing, you know, I, I leverage that to help enable um, really, really fantastic storytelling. Um, because if we can tell compelling stories, then we can, you know, we, it enables us to do so much uh, as business people because we can, you know, not only sell more products, but we can, you know, create meaningful relationships with our, with our clients um, and our customer base. Um, as far as scaling out the business, you have a, a bunch of, for, first you need to, to, to define your niche. Wow. This is, this is advice that I should be giving myself. You need to define your niche. Uh, for me, I shoot such a wide breadth of different types of content. Like there are a lot of people out there that'll be like, Oh, I shoot, I shoot it all, man. But it's like music, music videos, weddings, business overview videos, Instagram reels, um, like documentary, uh, uh, travel vlogs, um, workout content, cars, models. Um, yeah. Uh, lately I've been, I've been diving pretty heavily into, into real estate. Once you've defined your niche, then you're able to, uh, you know, figure out the strategy on, on, okay, well, how am I going to generate leads? Um, you know, a lot of my work comes from referrals. Like I've provided a good experience. I made, I made a dope video. I took really nice photos. Um, because you know, now content is more important than ever. And, you know, we're fighting, uh, we're in a constant battle, you know, us versus other creators. Um, and, and, and what we're fighting for is, is attention. Like, mm -hmm. like attention is like, you know, the, the, the currency that's being traded, um, on, on social media, because at the end of the day, all of these platforms sell ads. And so they want to keep you on that platform as long as possible because they can deliver more ads, therefore making more money. So, um, you know, you, you got to figure out how you're going to generate those leads. Um, and, and then, you know, for example, like partnering, like with, with Gentech, for example, um, they're able to, I'm able, I'm able to leverage, uh, their customer base. Definitely. I think it's super important to partner with people, especially locally. And from that, you know, you're getting so many referrals and, and people are starting to know you and you're getting recognizable. I also want to talk about your, um, Instagram name. So your Instagram name is JPG Jack, which I love that. Like the JPG, like right from your Instagram, <laughs> you know you're a photographer, or videographer. How did you think of that? Okay, so my Instagram handle was formerly just at Cimbrella, which is my last name. Um, and, you know, it was around the time that I had gotten fired that I was like, man, I need to, uh, I was, I was, I was much more um, aggressive on my uh, social media game back then, because I, I was, I was, I was actively like seeking and looking for clients and, and people that would pay me to, 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 to take photos or do video. Um, and it, it just kind of fit. I, I was taking a lot of photos at the time. Uh, it was shortly before I was like, okay, like I'm going to mainly focus my like core business around like making videos, but yeah, it just, it just fit. I guess I got to change it to like MP4 Jack or something. <laughs> That'd be funny. No, but it really was. It's like a rebrand for your whole personality. I do want to ask, so you're finding clients for yourself because you know, you are freelance. Uh, what, social media platforms work the best for you, which don't really work. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I would definitely say that the like my biggest and and, and favorite one is is Instagram. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I have uh, had a, a decent amount of success on LinkedIn. If you can like filter through like the BS, and and by the BS I mean like the people that are like, hey, like do you have time to sit down and chat about my MLM? Nah, I'm good. Um, so I've, I found some unique opportunities, uh, through LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, but, but as far as like the, the best platform for me, I, I would say it's Instagram. Um, you know, you can find almost anything that you need. You, you know, if I need a makeup artist in, in Tampa, the first thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking up hashtag Tampa MUA. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's actually, uh, how Christian and Amel connected they search the hashtag and guessing you know if it's yeah christian was like looking for um, a mentor or something and um searched like like hashtag tampa business and he saw mel and then like dm'd him that's awesome i love that so then how did they find you and you know why did you choose to work with gen tech yeah Where great question in, um our business plan so you know so much of like so much of life it comes back to uh the seeds that we plant the 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 relationships that we that we continue to water um and they really do bloom into something that's 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 fruitful over time um i want to say in the beginning of 2021 um i was part of like a, a like a retreat and at the retreat we shot a music video and um there was somebody there that used to work with uh christian and amel um and he was like hey like we have a bunch of clients and they have a bunch of content needs and we're putting a team together and and so i sat down with them um yeah i, I guess it's like a year and a half ago at this point and the conversation was 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 good and it was productive but um i think that i was busy and i think that they were busy and they had you know other other content people at the time um so it didn't really go anywhere so I started, you know, making talking head style videos, recapping um, uh, music events in Tampa and uh, Christian and Amel saw it and they were like, that is exactly what we want. And I was like, cool, like I can definitely do that. It's great to sit down with you guys again. Um, and so we, you know, we worked out, uh, you know, uh, a number of pieces of content a month and um, yeah, and, 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 we've been working together ever since <laughs> that's awesome it was really meant to be with you guys you could tell yeah it, yeah. it was like that as well with um with uh with brick media mm -hmm. um i had sent a cold dm to 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 jake at brick media like like three years ago and i was like hey man let me make videos for you like i'll do it for free mm -hmm. and uh the prices the price has gone up since that time um uh but so has the so is the value um as far as what we're able to you know enable uh our our clients to produce a higher level of content for for their clients definitely and what advice do you have for you know other freelancers to how to, should they like reach out and, and find these companies to partner up with um, I mean, you know, you, you do have to have a certain, uh, thickness to your skin because you're going to get told no a lot. You're going to, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are, uh, all talk. Um, 
if I had a dollar for every time I heard, oh, we going, we going, we going to work. We going, we going to, we're going to link up and we're going to do a bunch of work together. Like, all right, buddy. Um, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but, um, uh, two, two main pieces of advice for, uh, freelancers in the content creation game, um, uh, communicate expectations, communicate, 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 um, and, and, and being nice being nice goes such a long way. Like every, every experience, every interaction, every, every client that I, I, I work with, I try to be nice. I try to communicate to the best of my ability, um, set the proper expectations. Um, and you know, just provide a good experience because you know, there's so much, there's so much hate in this world and, um, like, and, and you don't know what other people are going through. So like, I'm not, I'm trying to be like a little like shining glimmer of like hope. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it, it's honestly so easy to be nice, but obviously not because not a lot of people are, but I think people really do appreciate that. So how do you, I know you said like referrals is a really huge part of your business as a photographer and a videographer. How do you generate these referrals? Because I'm sure a lot of companies and, you know, new business owners have trouble getting these clients to give them good reviews and tell their friends. So what do you find is the best way for you to generate these referrals? I mean, really just asking, you know, hey, um, especially if it's a project where, um, the, the budget isn't necessarily exactly where we want it to be, you know, we, we can afford to be creative. Um, and, and something that is really valuable is, okay, you know, I'm, uh, especially if it's something that I, I'm, I, I have a concerted interest in, you know, Hey, I just want to make sure that you understand that, um, because the budget isn't exactly where we want it to be, you know, we still want to work on the project. Um, can we, uh, can we, you know, run a case study based on um, the experience that you're going to have, and then we're going to use that as a piece of of of, of promotional material? Um, like, for example, I produced 12 talking head style videos with this is the backdrop. Um, the lights were set to purple, and uh, it was it was these are the top five stock influencers that you need to be following. These are the top five crypto influencers that you need to be following. Um, and across those 12 videos, they, they were, you know, vertical short form pieces of content. Um, they generated over 1.2 million views on TikTok. Visually, like what advice do you have for other content creators? Um, I know like on Instagram, it's, it's really popular now to, you know, your feed, have a visually appealing feed and an aesthetic. So what's some advice you could give to, you know, reach this aesthetic that everyone is trying to have? Uh, I mean, if you look at my page, there's not really an aesthetic. Um, I think that as a creator, it's important to show up every day. And this is something that like, I, I don't like, I will, I will be the first to admit, I don't do the best job because I'm, I'm pretty busy all the time working on content for my clients. So it's like the reel that I posted yesterday, um, with the not, not, not here, not, not so much here. Like I was able to bang that out in 30 seconds. Um, the content that, you know, we, we put out um for gentech it it takes uh like at peak efficiency like six or seven videos in like 90 minutes mm -hmm. but like i'm also adding like all the text and the subtitles and like making sure that the sound is right and cutting out dead air if i have to 
And what skills have you really found vital to your career? Um, uh, something that they really pushed at Morgan Stanley um, was a uh, like they're uh, overcoming objections. So like you're going to like, especially in in business, you're going to face objections. And if you don't know how to overcome those objections, then you're going to have a much, much more difficult time, right? Because it's like, if I get a referral and I can't close that referral, then I'm losing out on, on potential revenue. I'm losing out on potential business. Now, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hard close, you know, a 90 year old granny on why she needs to like buy my video services because she doesn't. Um, and you know, I, I, I try to approach every uh, interaction um, with clients. Uh, and I, I have three main questions that I ask. The three main questions as a creator that you need to understand to be able to give an accurate quote and um, uh, understand how much work is actually going to be uh, involved on the project are going to be what does success look like? What are your goalposts, right? How are you, the person that's paying me, going to define success for this project, right? Because I could produce you a, a fifty thousand video that looks a fifty thousand dollar video that looks that looks glass, but if if you don't implement that with the right strategy, then the video could flop, and then you're going to say, well video doesn't work for me or marketing doesn't work for me or advertising or Facebook ads don't work for me. And it's like, well, mm, that, that may or may not be true. Um, the second question is uh, how many deliverables are we looking at and what do those deliverables look like? And then the third one is, you know, how many times are we shooting? How many times am I going to be leaving the house um, and, and meeting up uh, because, you know, gas, travel, admin fees, opportunity costs, um, all have to, all have to be factored in to some extent. Definitely. I think that's also something I, most people don't really think about. So that is a good way to, you know, think about these are the things that we need to have clear when, you know, making a deal with that person. Right. So before I wrap things up, I want to ask one last question. Um, what's the biggest takeaway that you hope listeners learn from this podcast? Um, the biggest lesson that I've learned in the course of my career is, uh, to not only be very nice, but to not burn bridges because you really have no idea where those relationships, you know, those seeds that you, that you plant early on in your career, you have no idea when, you know, you might turn around and all of a sudden you see this forest just blooming. Um, I'm very grateful for, uh, the opportunity to to work with all of my clients. And um, I'm very grateful for all of my clients because without them, I wouldn't be able to uh, any I wouldn't be able to do this. Um, that's that's the biggest les lesson. And that's the biggest takeaway that I've I've learned over the course of my career. That's perfect. Well, thank you again for sharing your story with us. I'm just going to recap um, a few things we talked about. So we talked about as, you know, a freelance photographer and videographer, anyone who wants to get in this career that you're in, uh, they really have to define their niche and, you know, know their core competency of what they're good at. And that's how they will succeed. You talked about the importance of storytelling and videos and really connecting with your audience and how content is important, more important than ever right now in our world and in social media. 
Um, you talked about how Instagram and LinkedIn really works for you. And also when talking with clients, how you really have to communicate your expectations. And the biggest lesson is to just be nice and never burn bridges because, uh, you know, you're connecting with so many people. Obviously, you're freelance and working with people and making these connections. So, you know, the biggest thing is you want to have really great and meaningful relationships with everyone you work with. So. Uh, so Jack, where can our audience find you on social media? Uh, everyone can find me at JPEG Jack, JPG underscore J-A-C-K. And you can find us at, at Gentech Marketing on all social media platforms. Jack, thank you again. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Naja.